0: You win again from the BGS, of course, and some more records like Johnny Hates Jazz was one of the big hits for... Walk the Dinosaur Was Not Was, The Circus Erasure, and Love in the First Degree from Banana and finally Dance Little Sister from Terence Trent Derby. To, but to wrap up the month of October is Johnny Hates Jazz. <laughs> This month of 1987, November, and if someone had said 1987 would be the year of the T-boy from Newton Lee Willows with the voice of an aged black singer and the body of Norman Wisdom, nobody would have believed them. But by November, Rick Gasly was the rave of a bright young Briton. His massive number one, Never Gonna Give You Up, had even started to climb the charts again. The debut single album was outselling George Michael. Add five to two was the betting for the Crimbo number one. Not everyone, of course, was so taken with the lad. A lad who seemed at times to take pride in an interviewing technique just this side of enthusiasm. And who lost many a point by appearing on an awful, but awfully popular Miss World Show. But in the end, that voice, a certain naive charm and a gradually expanding range of foot shuffles won through. For once in their lives, stockbroker Aiton and Waterman had found that it didn't necessarily need to be glitter to be gold or platinum or double platinum or triple. That was happening in the month of November. Just to wrap it up, Hick Number 1 has its marvellous party at Busby's. And the stars turn out. The course, of one of the famous magazines over there. Carl Decker stayed at the bar, in Amaram and nattered in the toilets, and was not was walked the dinosaur. Some of the records for November were Faith from George Michael, Rent from the Pet Shop Boys, I Started Something the Smiths, So Emotional from Whitney Houston, Beethoven I Love to Listen to from the Eurythmics, and Westworld's Silver Mac, their second single. Of the month of November for 1987, George Michael releases his debut solo LP and Cynthia Payne, Emily Lloyd Bridgers, Ross Elton and all boogie down at the Savoy to celebrate. Steve Martin packs them in at the Pickies with the lovely Roxanne and Frieda Mercury delivers an absurd duet for the Olympics to be with Cable Car. Christian group Heartbeat have a hit despite Radio 1 considering it unsuitable for airplay and Crimble comes early with Mel Smith and Kim Wise rocking around the Christmas tree for charity. Curiosity where their smart Terence Trent pulls out an Austrian concert because of Kurt Wildham's Nazi conspirator background, and T'Pau rule the singles and LP's roost, and Carl flashes Brian Adams from the wings on his birthday. Lad hasn't been the same since, and the Proclaimers appear giving face furniture a new lease of life. And finally, just to wrap up, the month of November before we move into our last month, which is December, and of course, wrapping up 1987 is Whitney, and so emotional. (coughs) I minutes left of 1987 which gives me a chance to look at December the last month and with crimble overkill beginning even before the month has started Now might well be the time to rename this final month simply Christmas and have done with it. There's only one subject under discussion on Radio 1 and in Fleet Street, the battle to be the Christmas number one. Of course, we all know what it is now, always on my mind from the Pet Shop Boys. Of course, making a right hash out of the old Elvis Presley number. Snitta does an extremely cringeful article for Fleet Street, admitting she has brought her forceful desires for one W. And Whitney Houston's snitty boyfriend, a tolerance source, says it's okay, but can the three don't take tea together? Waterman attributes Rick's success to being a white boy with a black man's voice, which is what the public wants. And Banamarama roll around in asses milk for their new video while Siobhan gives birth to a bouncing boy. He should have good skin. And Princess Sign of the Times movie goes down a storm in America that will now be shown here in the new year. Yes. Boy George returns to play at the Hammy Odeon and flops. Emily Lloyd shouts up your bum. And the nation returns to snogging in the four and nines. Geldof returns to Ethiopia. Fleets return to vile insinuations about the missus. Records for December, Jenny Bean and Elisa Farello, Who Found two. Can I Fall in Love from Nat King Cole, Once Upon a Long Ago from Paul McCartney, Father Figure from George Michael, and Fairy Tale of New York, The Pogues, and Christa McCall. a guy who needs a new set of teeth, and of course an operation to pin back his ears, in case Augusta wind comes along and flies him off like Dumbo in the movie from Walt Disney. Two and a half minutes left of 1987, I will play my last record of 1987, which is a Christmas record in a sense. It comes from Michael Jackson, of course, and one called The Way You Make Me Feel. That's the County Sound's review of 1987. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, why don't you let us know and drop us a line here at County Sound, Vicar House, Vicar Street, June, County Galway. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you have any cribs, new ideas, something you'd like to hear on the airways, let us know too. I'll be doing a countdown in a few minutes' time. I simply just can't wait. 1987 has been a rotten year. I no only Mason, it's been a great year for me. I'm looking forward to 1988 with as much gusto as I look forward to 87. 1988, Happy New Year to you. (laughs) to it. I don't feel any different. (laughs) 1988, 1st of January, and from me to you and all of us here at County Sound, we wish you all the best, and Happy New Year, of course. record of 1988 on county sound fm of course from robbie robertson and somewhere down the crazy river well we were just commenting here in the studio about my um crazy countdown uh it, actually in actual fact i was um distracted <laughs> and i'm not going to say much more about that but i, I did get it right i got a right up to 12 midnight and then said 1988 but there's no big difference Except in the weather forecast, there's going to be rain in the southwest spreading to the northeast and temperatures overnight will be 6 to 9 degrees Celsius. Some hither and coastal fog in all areas by dawn and New Year's Day, unfortunately, is going to be drizzly.
1: When you hear me talk a
0: 12 on the night moves on County Sound FM. John Cougar Mellencamp, of course, and Cherry Bomb is current single from the LP The Lonesome Jubilee. Let's go back in time now. This lady's name is Randy Crawford, and a rainy night in Georgia. Over in by
1: my St. trying to find a warm place to spend the night.
0: Andy Crawford, of course, and rainy night in Georgia. No rain as of yet, but mark my words, the rain will be here later on. I just kind of wrap up, um, even though we're um, kind of 19 minutes into um, 1988, I still haven't got the, um, used to saying 1988, but believe it or not, 1988 is also the year when we're all supposed to go out with a big bang, according to a guy who um, foresees things into the future. Of course you know his name, begins with an N, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, because every time I do, I kind of mess it all up, so I'm not going to bother. But, we'll have to wait and see. actual date for um, blowing us all up is August the 8th. So, if you're like me, you've bought your crates of beans and things like that, (laughs) and we're all getting ready for it in August. But just to kind of wrap up 1987, one of the things in 87 is all the movies, and a lot of movies were out in 1987, and actual fact, 1987 was a crap year for the movies. Actual crap sequel of the year was um Superman Four, which was um, a multi-million pound blockbuster with special effects that looked like they were achieved with a fairy liquid bottle, some sticky black plastic, and a bit of string. And there was worse to come, for the wisecracks and humour of previous Superman outings were abandoned in favour of a serious nuclear bombs or nasty things theme, which was the cue for lots of very dull speeches and very little comic relief. One of the um, interesting movies of 1987 was the um, Witches of Eastwick, and of course, I'm sure, making her come back again in the um, acting scene. But veteran actor Jack Nicholson walks away with his prize for his heavily... And, of course, we mean heavy. The man has lost his body tone. He's starting to fall to flat, but the women still love him. He's over the top of performance as the devil in Witches of Eastwick. He yelled, cackled, waggled his eyebrows, seduced three women, lucky bloke, and generally had a great time. All this with a Bernard Manning-style paunch and receding hairline, too. Runner-up is Bruce Willis. That man, that man appeals to every single woman on this planet. No somebody in the studio here disagrees with me. Bruce Willis is not the man of her life, and I know who the man of her life is. His manic portrayal of a Harris executive in Blind Date. That's, of course, Bruce Willis. And the man I am talking about, of course, is Rick Springfield. He gets a 10 out of 10. I only come a close second at nine and a half. But um, one of the um, better movies of 1987 is actually, um, and I hate to admit this, You know, it's a yuppie movie, but a small but perfectly formed Michael J. Fox. He's absolutely fantastic on the big screen. He added to his millions with the secret of my success, the tale of a hick from the sticks who moves into big business. Though he was a good foot shorter than his leading lady, Michael got many a lady's heart fluttering and managed to make an uninspired movie quite watchable. And, And I admire that man. He's so small and he gets all the women. I'd love to know his secret. And if he ever reveals it, I'll be first to buy the book. Flops of the year well, you know one of them already Shanghai Surprise or Shanghai Delight from Madonna of course she had her thunder well and truly stolen by Emily Lloyd and a lot of you don't know who Emily Lloyd is I don't know who she is she's a bubbly 16 year old who made wish you were here one of the best films of 1987. Maddie Madonna 29 by the way she's um, turning um, 30 this year had a bit of a commercial flop on her hands with who's that girl also one of the worst movies of 1987 but the Mad Camp comedy wasn't half as bad as people said well, The Cougar was good, but Woody Allen made appearance during 1987, and he got kind of mellow in his old age with a nostalgic look at the golden period of the wireless in radio days. It was an interesting little movie, with some freaky characters, as always in Woody Allen movies. Gentle humour, and Woody contenting himself with the voiceover, while current companion Mia Farrow took centre stage. Give them what they want. The sequel of the year, one of the best, of course, of Eddie Murphy. He took no chances with Beverly Hills Cop No. 2. It was a carbon copy of the original, but without much of the sparkle. Even so, the helter-skelter pace, wisecracks galore, and Murphy's charm carried it the day, and fans loved it. British Nelson looked most peculiar, though. Natalie, at the moment, has left Sylvester alone. She's cracked up. It was in the papers the last day she's cracked up and she was sobbing on the shoulders of one and only jason connery sean connery's son the guy who starred in robin of sherwood i pity the poor bloke because she's playing on his young mind because he sees a, a fine looking woman which well, is not really fine looking to me to me she looks like uh, a monstrosity she's got chest that goes out uh, that just don't fit her like if you look at the woman you know and a picture before she got her breasts enlarged you know they're just not right that well, might look all right on the movie, but not in real life. But she's plying on the heart of that young man, Jason Conway. I hope he doesn't fall for it, because she's looking for, for somebody to get her out of her rut. Crap Matt. That's Matt Dillon, of course. Um, an annual award for the divine Matt, as he stretches the patience of his fans very thin indeed. The big town was the usual bit of Dillon rubbish, though the lad did at least look good in the 50s suits and had a steamy sex scene. But by the time he gets around to making a decent movie, will anyone care? The only uplifting, uplifting fact about the movie was the girl, and she was a very, very nice-looking girl. Long black hair and a body to go with it. But in 1988, a sequel from Crocodile Dundee, Crocodile Dundee Number 2, will be at our screens, and no doubt it will be as good as Crocodile, one, Crocodile Number 1 from Paul Hogan. Michael Douglas will be around in Fatal Attraction, and it's promised to be one of the on the edge of your seat thriller, and normally when they say things like that it means buy yourself an extra bottle of coke and an extra bag of potatoes because it probably is boring as hell. Sign of the Times from Prince, a film of the live show we never saw, will be out in 1988, but not as many laughs as Under the Cherry Moon with lots of peach black and genius at play. Of course he has a new LP out in 1988 too called Black, and he's also got top single of 1987, top LP of 1987 in some critics' charts. 1988 should see Ghostbusters number 2, and a new, believe it or not, Indiana Jones epic. Highly recommended as Planes, Trains and Automobiles, the wonderful Steve Martin in fine comic form. And of course, don't miss Robocop. Robocop is a movie all about a futuristic cop. A guy goes around blowing the baddies before they even get a chance to say boo. Like, um, the latest thing in Los Angeles is that um, if you light up a cigarette on a plane flight in between, like, what do they call it, um, hopping between little cities, you get arrested on the spot, you don't get a chance to appear in court, and you're shoved into jail, and that's it. But Robocop is all about this guy, futuristic cop, he has a metal half mask obviously face. something like judge dread which brings to mind judge Dredd movie has been made at the moment and of course the law's law judge Dredd is the original and robocop being a good movie but judge dread of course will be a better movie 25 past 12 back to some music <laughs>